Welcome, welcome, faithful listeners, to Pod Toy number 57. Um, Tiff Chow couldn't be with us tonight. She's busy vomiting hardcore last time I talked to her. Um, but joining me tonight are uh, Jim Sterling. We'll never get a full cast again, ever. And Aaron Lindy. I'm actually not here right now. <laughs> um, as I was saying before the show to you, Aaron, I was actually kind of mildly pleased that Tiff wasn't on. Not really, like, pleased, but that felt okay about it because uh, now we get to spooge about Metal Gear Solid 4 coming out without her feeling, like, awkward and left out as she's wont to do. So before we get into Games of the Week, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, you, I assume you're looking forward to Metal Gear Solid 4, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> In fact, if um, it had my review copy actually come, like, sometime this week as it was fucking promised to be, but whatever, um, I would probably have, you know, claimed that I, too, was, you know, vomiting up my pancreas and, and, and dodged out of, the, of my responsibility also. But, yes, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, was, I was telling, uh, sorry, listeners, can know I was telling Anthony earlier today, that it's pretty much like my fucking moon landing at this point. I, uh, I, I went to GameStop earlier this evening and uh, paid off the rest of my limited edition pre-order, and while I was there, I picked up the, um, uh, the limited edition uh, strategy guide, which... I'm not a dude who typically buys strategy guides, and I I advise I advise against them typically for the most part because I think they suck, and usually they're not helpful in the ways that they ought to be. But this thing is actually like one of the coolest fucking things I've ever bought. Um, on top of a really comprehensive, you know, actual strategy segment, uh, it, you know, with uh, a list of all the weapons and all that nonsense, it's actually it's got like a. a a fairly weighty portion of it is devoted to the game's history and the characters and the saga as a whole. It's almost like a reference guide to the uh, kooky and complicated world of you know Hideo Kojima. And uh, on top of that, it also has a, a sizable amount of artwork uh, from uh, character designer Yoji Shinkawa in there as well. So it's fucking hot, and that's basically what I'm going to be jerking off to for the rest of the evening. It's going to be sweet. Because I'm not actually playing the game, and we're not having a midnight release here, which... Ugh, God. So I'm going to have to run in tomorrow and pick it up before work. Jim, how are you uh, coping with the lack of a PS3? Uh, well, as I was saying before the show, I'm, I'm not coping. <laughs> and, I, and even though I'm moving, and I can actually safely talk about this now, because it's been on the DL, but I am officially immigrating to the United States, which has only ever been hinted at before, but it's actually official, and we've applied, and they're looking at the case right now. Um, So I'm in this kind of limbo land where it's kind of pointless buying a console in the UK because I will have to move soon. Uh, But I really want to play Metal Gear Solid, so it is almost tempting to just bite the bullet and then just, like... play Metal Gear Solid 3, then just throw the PS3 in a dumpster or something and go to the United States and buy another one like an idiot. But it would almost be worth it. And I'm still considering it because I've been given like just a lot of money for doing nothing, basically. Um, Which is what freelance contract work is. And yeah, it's... It's just, yeah, I was in the store today where the street date has apparently been broken because there was just a huge display rack full of Guns of the Patriots ready for sale. And I just looked over at the PS3 prices and realised how 
uh, currently affordable they are. So we'll see what happens when I cash some checks and have the money available. How are you going to, if at all, uh, deal with the inevitable on? influx of, of people who are probably going to try to spoil the game for you by making C blogs with huge spoilers and capital letters and stuff like that. I don't read the C blogs. <laughs> I go in That's... now and then and like, but you know, you won't catch me in the C blogs for the next month. Right. Well, well my worry is just because they, they show up on the side of the, you know, the screen. So my worry yeah. is like a peripheral visual. And, uh, big bass, big boss is actually a robot. Lesbian just alien. I'll just stick I don't know, a though. post-it I... note to the side of the monitor. Problem <laughs> solved. I, I think, no, from what Jim uh, told me, he's a fucking, you know, spoiler-avoiding ninja. Uh, Jim, didn't you tell me the other day that you uh, still don't know how Shadow of the Colossus ends? I have no idea. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, mean granted... I, have, I only have... I mean, obviously, you, you can't get out of these things completely unscathed. I know you feel like a bit of a tosser at the end of it. But <laughs> outside of it... And this is coming from someone who was on this very show where you two talked about the ending of Shadow of the Colossus for about five minutes. I know, that's, <laughs> that's I why I was so don't... shocked when you told me that. I was like, no, <laughs> no, surely not, no. Yeah, so I'll probably be okay. And no, listeners, this is not a fucking call, not an invite for you to try and spoil it for me. That would make you a bit of an arse. Now they do have their opportunity to take revenge on you for Alice's Fontaine, though. What do you mean? I never... That was an accident. I know, but That's they're going to blame you for it. Anyway. I'm, say, I'm saying the, the, the influx of, of angry, angry, angry people who hate you for no legitimate reason now have a weapon to, to, to wield against you. They won't spoil it. They won't spoil it for me. It will not happen. <laughs> Aaron, I know you willingly... Game and I'm going to love it. <laughs> Aaron, I know you willingly like spoiled the shit out of the game for yourself. Can you tell me why you did that and if it was like awesome? Yeah. Um, see, it's funny because I think some people are going to be surprised about that because typically I, I tend to be – I mean I'm not up in arms about it. I know shit happens and sometimes people say things and sometimes people can be rude bastards about it. But I just figured that rather than get pissed off, uh, you know, like – Rather than find myself in a situation where it would happen to me, I just figured I would willfully embrace it and uh, and just say, okay, let's just get it out of the way. And I read um, on uh, NeoGAF, the big spoiler thread, one of the guys on NeoGAF um, was putting up videos and such. So, yeah, I, I, I know all the big reveals and I know uh, how it ends and that kind of thing. And I'm totally fucking okay with it because it didn't – you know, I, I only know the facts. I don't know exactly how they come to light. Um, so I'm still very interested in the story and all the dialogue and all the, you know, coda conversations and that kind of thing. And, but, but more to the point, what excites me most about the game is fucking playing it. You know, like I, I know Metal Gear is, is huge on story and that's one of the reasons I was most excited about this game. But the thing I'm most excited about for having played it already is playing it more and playing it a lot and doing all the things that I got to do in the 20 minutes that I played it in San Francisco a couple weeks ago. Um, doing that more. So I, I thought it was a small price to pay, really. I can dig it. That and I was just really fucking anxious. Like, I just had to know. <laughs> you know? God damn it. I can, I can rationalize it all I want, but at the end of the day, I'm fucking weak is what it is. I... Yeah, my sister was getting pissed at me today because, like, 
periodically I would forget what day it is and then I would remember and I go, oh my god, tomorrow I get to see Solid Snake's last adventure. And she's like, why are you the biggest fucking nerd on the planet? And we would, I would just stare at her nonstop for a half hour before That's, I remembered what day it was again. Does, well, does Rev, play, Rev uh, if, it's any, if it's any consolation, Rev, you're not the only one who is now staring at your sister for about half an waiting hour. Waiting for that. <laughs> was waiting for that. <laughs> well, I'm not one to disappoint. Well, I would actually prefer I would actually prefer you guys talking about it much more to the way the diggers were because I, well, there's, see, only so many, there's only so many times I can see someone type out, would you kindly suck my cock before it becomes like not funny and yeah. really, really scary. Well, and you know what's really disappointing about that? And one of the things I'm really disappointed in the, uh, the Detroit community for is that, uh, that, that you've, you assholes have completely emasculated me in my ability to gross out Anthony by telling him <laughs> how much I want to violate members of his family. <laughs> um, it, it used to be something like I remember at GDC, like I would say things, of, you know, just random shit, and it would totally freak you out. And then I yeah, saw that my mom. Your, I saw, well, yeah, because your your mom's a very attractive woman. She is, <laughs> and uh, and there was a, yeah, there was that video that you had made, and she was in it. And I'm just like, and well, because yeah, all right, fine. I'm not even gonna try to justify it anyway. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I would try to fuck with Anthony, and he would freak out, and it was great, you know, give and take that we had going on. And now it just doesn't add up anymore. It just doesn't work. You sons of bitches. Like, that was, like, one of the few remaining, you know, uh, readily available sources of joy that I had, and you took it from me. Because now, <laughs> now you're just, now you're, just uh, you're numb to it, right? I mean, after having uh, however yeah. many thousand people tell you that they want to fuck your sister, I mean, it doesn't really have the same sting that it used to, does it? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of thankful to the Detoid community for doing that. It's like... Uh... <laughs> I don't know what it's like. It's like, oh, I guess it's like giving a kid chicken pox when he's like five, and then he'll never get it again. <laughs> Except the chicken pox wants to have sex with your sister. Sister. Yeah. Um, so wait, what's what's this? Is your sister like not like Metal Gear or something? Is that what that is? No, no, she no, she, I, lo- she loves Metal Gear. She wanted. She had a the biggest. She had a bigger crush on David Hayter than I did for I think oh, okay. almost all of like junior high. She just really loved. She actually that's one of her favorite franchises. Just like. Her uh, enthusiasm for it just sort of just waned because she didn't play at MGS three, and I would I, I would have such a ridiculous amount of like happiness in my voice when I said, "Oh my God, Salt Snake might die tomorrow," and she's like, "What are you talking? Why would you want that?" And she just doesn't understand. Um, yeah. she understands far too well, and I'm just a weird person. <laughs> uh, but sonnets, sonnets. Um, the last week or this week rather, the sonnet theme was Web three point as uh per. Predicted by Tiff Chow, who is sadly not with us to hear it, as is always the case with the sonnets. One's about sex and she's not around to hear. One's about fucking Web 3.0, she's not around to hear. But uh, they're pretty good anyway. Uh, we're gonna, we may do two. Jim, how do you feel about reading the incredible one you made? Um, I'll make an exception just this once and read it out. It's a okay. really good one. Yeah. Okay, first I'm going to do one from Faceless, though, the community member. Aaron, do you want to read it? You haven't oh, read it in gonna... a while. I'm going to fuck it up, but okay, sure. Yeah. Do you like see it in the chat? Shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I see it. I'm just going to fuck it up. Um, That's cool. So so cue up the music because uh, I'm going to need everything to uh, make it sound as though I'm actually competent. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. Uh, as the internet – see? You see that shit? You see that shit right there? Okay, okay, okay. Internet. No, 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 no. Know. Okay, hold on. I faceless. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Music by Nine the Gamer. All right. Here we go. As the internet evolves, one can look at the world of Web 2 and simply know, forever changed are the likes of Facebook, one must heed the call of Web 3.0. 
We'll see lizards instead of loading bars of an ancient and 3D persuasion that slowly take form with their mouths ajar to scream at us quite loudly, connection. Text and gifs will all seemingly jump out and float around our heads without sheet. It will be unreadable, but we'll shout, that fire gif is mega freaking sweet. But even with this new entertainment, we'll still all be obsessed with achievement. There you go. Now Sir Sterling. Okay, let me see if I can fit this on the page. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, a sonnet about Web 3.0 by Jim Stunning. Nice. Quite clever. Jim, that's um, you! Well, he's me. <laughs> I know that guy. That, Whoa! Wow, we've turned the concept of Pottoid on its head. <laughs> <clears throat> The webcam fumbles in my hand, my penis quivers in the night. I film my throbbing, pulsing gland. My panties stretch and feel so tight. I'm wearing knickers for you all and wanking while I cry. This grotesque scene's due in the fall, but people wonder why. On another URL, a monkey fucks a butcher's son. The internet has gone to hell. A lemur's raped a point of gun. This is what the net's become, a shining beacon of perversion. Web 3.0 will make you come, but shudder and shake with total aversion. My space is now my hemorrhoid, live journal is a blog of all things penile. Even Destructoid has become defuctoid. Let's never speak of Wikipedophile. <laughs> Web 3.0 is all things porn, the natural way that all things go. They'll film your first blowy before you are born. And that's the tale of 3.0. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's so much better when you read it, because I had read it earlier, and I was like, ah, that's funny, that's clever, look at what he did there. But then, I think, god damn you and your fucking British accent. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it, 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 it affects me a of of humor that I think is just not there otherwise. Well, I, 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 I'm bummed that you're not going to read all of them, because to hear a sonnet spoken in an American accent is like, I don't know, it's like watching a white guy play jazz. It's just yeah, pretty, pretty much, yeah. shit. Yeah, um, it's like a man doing a crap on a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having trouble with that one. Uh, but anyway, uh, <sighs> game, games of the week. We never talked about games of the week. What have you guys been been playing? Uh, uh, I haven't been playing shit. I I was hoping all this week. It's like after work. I I hang off my doorknob waiting for the FedEx guy to come like a fucking beaten and starved puppy and it's just it just never happens so all week i've just um you know i've been playing through metal gear solid 3 metal gear solid 3 again but that was last weekend um what else have i been uh, uh that's yeah fuck nothing portal i've been i've been screwing around with hammer the uh uh valve's uh level editor so i've been playing around with some shit in portal but um yeah whole lot of nothing jim um, not a lot actually. There's not a lot out now. Um, I did. I played the demo of Ninja Gaiden too, but I still don't know if I want to buy it yet because it's like really hard. And I, I don't know. I don't like games that that are challenging because I've got better things to do than be challenged by a video game. I'd rather just put the disc in and have it tell me I've won, but. I'll I'll buy I'll have to buy it eventually and have to deal with it. That's the problem with a game like Ninja Gaiden. It's not a game you put in to enjoy. It's something you have to deal with. 
It's just something you've bought, and now you have to face facts. That's Ninja Gaiden. That's actually, it's funny um, that you say that, because that's exactly how I felt about it. Yeah, Like, exactly. that, that I had saying... it, that I had it, and I, I, though I had reached several points throughout the game where I just said, fuck this fucking game, it's like, I just said, well, I better get back to it, because it's not going to play itself, or something. Yeah. Who the fuck does that? Who does that? <laughs> it's like the fucking dishes. It, it's just, it has to be done. And I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I can face that at the moment. Maybe yeah, I got, yeah, I got to the very last boss, and after being, like, the minute the battle started, I was hit with a giant column of fuck-off light energy, something or other, that dropped my health down to half, and I just said, oh, okay, screw this, I took it out, and I traded it in. That was, I was done. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, yep, I saw the last boss, I don't care about the ending, I can just pretend as though I played for another ten minutes and actually won. That's actually pretty much what I do with a lot of... Not, I never used to, but these days, when I get a video game, that's pretty much what happens. I'll get to the last boss, and that's enough. I'm happy yeah, with exactly, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so that's... I did that, and been playing Astonish Year Story on the PSP again, and even though I said it on the podcast, and every time I mention it, I can't believe it got such bad reviews. Because even though it, it is a bad game, it's still a great game. <laughs> it's just it's the translation is awful but it's still got this kind of sense of humor to it and the gameplay is very simple but I want that on the PSP you know it's it's a very stripped down RPG but it works if you're on the bus um so yeah I've still got a lot of good things to say about it even though pretty much every uh website and his dog gave it like a 4 out of 10 and stuff but yeah. Jesus um this week, well, I, I tried to play Ninja Gaiden 2 for a while until I realized that it has maybe the <laughs> worst level. Gaiden. Le- Gaiden, sorry. Ga- well, I should say Gaiden as some sort of like homophobic insult because it's fucking bad. Like, the, the fighting is fun as shit, but like everything about that level design, like, I, I wish that something bad would happen to Itagaki and that somehow that bad thing happening would like make him understand what good level design is. Because I just beat some fucking boss and got to, like, there's I'm in a dead end with a store and there's lava everywhere and it's just everything's telling me, hey, go here, and I fucking can't. And it's just pissing me off to no end. So I think, I think I'm going to, like, maybe break the, the disc in half just to, like, prevent myself from ever putting it in the 360 and feeling that infuriated again. Um, but so I stopped playing that and then chatted, recommended, of all things, uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition for the 360 on Xbox Live. And I really Wait, fucking like it. I don't know had why. You, had you not played that before? No, I'm the, I, I, th- oh. I must be the only person. Oh my god, yes, it's fantastic. I love that I, game. I, and I hate Pac-Man. What the Pac-Man. fuck is wrong never, with you, Anthony? I'm sorry, it's, I'm a bad Yeah, person. but that's the thing. I, I don't like Pac-Man either. I mean, I, I appreciate Pac-Man. I don't really like playing it, but it's like, it's it's Pac-Man for the, you know, for the, it's it's like Pac-Man for, Pac-Man for the Geometry Wars, you know, crowd, which is right. what makes it so great. I mean, yeah, it's fucking fantastic. I love it. Oh, and I also I was doing I, it's, I I I feel like a dick because I'm just echoing games you guys played, but I was playing th- I'm, I was playing through Metal Gear Solid Three like minutes before I went on this computer trying to get a no kill playthrough, and I'm amazed at how retarded I am in terms of like catching up on little things because I looked at all these YouTubes of like little Easter eggs from the games and all these things I missed, and I had no idea that Ocelot was like possibly gay. That had never what? occurred to me. Wait a minute, where did that come up? Um, there's a conversation you have with Eva where she's like, uh, I'm really good at getting guys to take their clothes off, but I can't get even remotely close to uh, Ocelot. I'm, not, I'm no good at it. And Snake's like, what's that supposed to mean? And she's like, maybe you'll be better at it. And he's like, 
what? And then the conversation just ends. And there's, there's, the, the, if you go on YouTube and look up like Metal Gear Solid Three Easter eggs, there's a bunch of conversations where they imply wait, that. Hold up! No, Ocelot no, no, no! Wait, I thought, I thought that was supposed. Really? I thought. Wait, I thought that was. I thought she was talking about Rykov. Uh, Ivan, Ivan Rykov. You know, oh, who's, no, that, who's, I guess that was Rykov. But there's other stuff about Ocelot that I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, maybe, maybe Ocelot is gay. But yeah, I remember that that part of conversation specifically. There's I mean, also that yeah. part. Um, there's also he's a cut Rykov, scene. He's, he's always getting nut cupped by. Uh, right. 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 By by yeah. Uncle what's his fuck yeah I mean, yeah Rydonovich and I um and Volgin had a yeah Volgin. that's it yeah because he but knows the also... nature better than anyone else Kuwabara <laughs> um... <laughs> we're gonna have to do a Metal Gear Solid three episode I think <laughs> but no there's also a bit where um it's right right before Big Boss is right when he's getting tortured and like he he's, he like grabs Eva's tit to find out if if she's the spy or not. And Vulcan's like, huh, huh, I want to fuck Eva or something. He's like, she has no effect on me whatsoever, and with like a completely straight face. So, I mean, I'm, I I'm just trying to. Remember. There is I, there is Easter egg stuff that implies he's gay, and I just can't remember exactly what it is. Huh? I thought wasn't that the? Uh, oh, okay, we're we're obviously getting sidetracked here, but I just have to ask. No, go ahead. Wasn't, it doesn't matter. Wasn't he trying to smell what she smelled like? Because because she smelled like gasoline. Oh yeah, he he was he was trying to to he had a, a legitimate reason to figure out who she was and to grab her tit and everything like that. But when uh, Volgan makes that joke, he goes out of his way to say, no, she does not interest me at all. He said, yeah, he says, I have no interest in this woman. Yeah. Um, I think if anything, if, if Ocelot is anything though, I would imagine he's pretty much asexual. I would imagine he pretty much has no interest in, in anything other than the Patriots. That would that, be my that guess. Makes that makes yeah. sense. And, and big boss. Well, you know, he might as well be gay for big boss. He, he fucking loves that dude. Oh come on! Well, yeah, that, well, yeah that, was, that was another implication thing. Yeah, yeah. You're He's all up for big boss, and I am as well. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> You'd lift up the eye patch and give it a little go. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, anyway, what were we what were we going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, news stories, news, news, yeah. news. Uh, la 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 la. Okay, oh, so a psychiatrist uh, had mentioned on the Structoid. How's that for a citation? Uh, said, but playing WoW is to gamers more embarrassing than admitting they watch porn. In you know a, a little study they did, it may or not be be bullshit. But I was wondering if you guys like, do you do, do you personally feel like admitting to playing games or maybe being games journalists is a little bit minutely more embarrassing than saying that you watch porn? Or do you think it's like that for gamers who don't get money for talking about games? Jim, I had, uh, oh Aaron, Aaron, no, no, no. No, 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 you want to hear from Jim. I only mixed it up because last time I told you to talk first, so go ahead. Oh, fine. Okay, all right, all right. Well, all right. Um, I'll just say this briefly then. I think it just depends on who you're talking to. Like, l- luckily, like, it, which is bizarre, my dad, who is a, uh, he's an engineer for a mining corporation, um, an executive now, uh, but, you know, he started out as an engineer, and, you know, all while I was growing up, he would you know, chide me and give me so much shit for playing video games. But now that I'm doing it professionally, he's all about it. And he reads, reads my shit and, and talks to me about stuff like that. So, but, um, so like my family, you know, most of them are cool with it. I think it just like when I, when I had to tell my girlfriend's parents about it, <laughs> I think that's when I, cause it's, it's almost like I was being tested. Like, uh, you know, how, how, can I make this sound like it's something that I actually do professionally as opposed to something that I do that, that takes money away from, uh, you know, our, my ability to provide food and shelter, uh, for this man's <laughs> daughter. Um, but, 
I, I guess it just depends on who you're talking to. I, I, I typically, I'm so used to it by now because it's been my job for so long that I just, I don't really blink anymore. So I, I could give a shit. Was there ever a I, time? In I'm already you- fat and pasty. People know that, that I must do something involved with games <laughs> or something. You know, that's just glad ahead. it's not Warhammer. Yeah, <laughs> it's one or the other, really. Video games or Warhammer. Pretty much, yeah. I think it depends on how big your beard is. I don't think yours is quite big enough for Warhammer yet. Not, we'll not yet. I got it. Yeah. Uh, another, another, another few inches and you'll just wake up and say, I fancy going to a games workshop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, Jim, were you going to... Um, everyone I know knows what I do. Everyone I know knows what I do, rather. Um, I tell everyone, especially at my other job at the cab office, just to let them know that I'm better than this. <laughs> Um, you know, it's like every every time I finish a particularly bad phone call, it's like, I don't believe it. Yesterday I was eating cocktail sausages with the CEO of a video games company, and now I'm here. Uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, just remind everyone that I'm, you know, better so you're better than, than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so everyone knows. Uh, you know, my grandparents, <laughs> my, 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 my nan, bless her, doesn't understand what I do. Uh, she she, she doesn't pretend to. It's just like, well, I don't get what you're doing, but it's very good. <laughs> uh, my granddad's very web-wise. He's like, his computer is probably better than all of ours. Um, and, you know, I can mention hits to him and things, and he he's in, very impressed. Um, yeah, interesting story, because well, you mentioned your um, girlfriend's parents. My future father-in-law, um, he's quite a video gamer himself, so, you know, that's you know, we've got common ground there. But he's doing, like, I think it's Guild Wars or something. And I don't know if I've told this story. I don't think I have. Yeah. Um, but, well, he was in a, he's in a guild with a British guy, and he mentioned he has to stop stop playing Guild Wars because um, his daughter was coming over, my girlfriend, obviously. And it, because he was in a guild with a British guy, he mentioned, oh, her, um, you know, her future husband is British and he writes for this website called Destructoid and the guy in the guild said oh cool Destructoid who is he and he said Jim Sterling and the his friend in the guild said holy shit you're going to be Jim Sterling's father-in-law that's awesome <laughs> so so my father my you know my future father-in-law is very impressed with me right now so, <laughs> so I'm not you got ashamed him, got at him all. with his guild oh man yeah that's, <laughs> Exactly. No, that's it, that. See, that definitely beats out like the one sort of bonding experience I had with my possibly future father-in-law was um, uh, my my girlfriend's father and her stepmother were visiting uh, a couple months ago, and I didn't know this, but apparently he is. And see, this was after like I had, I was sweating, you know, uh, them knowing that it, what I did and and how I made money and how I paid the bills and that kind of thing. This was long after that, you know, and after I had just almost killed myself worrying about it. Um, you know, he's over and we're watching fucking John Adams because the guy is a huge history buff. And he looks over at me and says, hey, you do a lot with video games, obviously. Um, I have a PS2 and I want new games to play. Let's go to GameStop. And I was like, what? And as it turns <laughs> out, the guy's fucking huge. Into, I mean, like he plays Call of Duty, He play, you know, and we ended up walking out of that goddamn shop with um, like three games, one of which was Shadow of the Colossus, which he was really fucking excited for. And uh <laughs> 
like and it was it was like the most surreal obviously probably not as not as surreal as Jim's but but it was definitely the most surreal experience in my relationship with with my girlfriend's father that was so you know I don't know I, I although I wager it's very very different for people who don't actually have careers you know doing what we do mm. like I yeah what's that or people who don't have girlfriends oh there's that too which is pretty much you know mostly people like us without the career part so yeah. Well, I'm on the I I I walk on the fence because I've got one but not the other. But I was, I'm very I'm very I'm very envious of of your guys' good gaming experiences because like my whole family knows and stuff and they sort of they they do the thing where they pretend to understand and and read my article and go that was very well written and you know which is like watching a David Lynch movie and being like oh it looked really good and then not understanding anything about what it was about. But um, every time I end up telling somebody I what I or they ask me what I do I always just say I'm a writer. If they ask me to get any more specific. Then I'll be like, oh, video games. And then I'll always be really, really quick to be like, but most of them are shit because, and I hate most video games just because I think most people I talk to like seem to think of video games as like Halo and, and, um, and yeah. Halo. So I, 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 I can feel for some of the people in this study, if only because uh, I pretty much liked video games since birth and was <laughs> dealing with that sort of shit all the time. Yeah. You know, there's a trick. There's a trick that I will let you in on. Um, if you're ever – like I use this whenever I'm randomly asked what I do. Like the last time I was on a plane, uh, the, 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 the dude next to me was like, oh, what, you know, what business are you in? And I was like, I'm a journalist. And he said, oh, well, what do you cover? And I said, new media. Which is kind of fucking true. <laughs> I didn't lie to the guy, but that cut off the conversation right there because new media is so fucking broad that he was just like, I'm either going to have to ask him more questions or I can just go back to reading my you know, New York Times and, and, you know, and we, can, we can end this little awkward tirade right now. That's um, a good one. Yeah. It's weird, though, that there is that sh- – because I've never felt that shame. It's like – and I talk to like – you know, at the office where I work, that you've got guys there who range from, you know, people my age who game to, like, you know, middle-aged and older um, women and things. And, you know, I tell them, I'm not ashamed. They say, what else do you do? I say, I'm a writer. They say, what do you cover? I say, I work with video games. And they, you know, they don't understand, but they don't think yeah. it's particularly shameful. It's, I guess it's, it, it's just the job part of it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if I, I do. necessarily call it shameful. It's not, it's not at all shameful. It's just... It's just difficult to explain, I'd say, you know, like, um, it's just, it's obnoxious to have to go through the motions and be like, okay, well, and they're like, well, do you write reviews? And you're like, well, no, I actually cover, there's some degree of news and blah, 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 and that, you know, it's just, I I just like sidestepping it, you know, as opposed to, uh, actually having to explain it. It's, it's, I'm not shameful. I'm just, it's not, I'm not ashamed. I'm lazy. I think is what it is. Well, it's always been a it's always been a degree of shame for me. If if only to tell a story, just to balance things out, because everybody else has. Um, I think I've told this on Retroforce once, but I'll make it quick. Um, when I was in junior high, I hung out with people who were basically less cool versions of me, if that's even conceivable, because like they, we we got into this big conversation, this big argument around lunch on the on the field uh, next to these all all these popular kids, and I guess we didn't care about how loud we were being. And one guy was trying to claim that Bowser's name was Bowser and that King Koopa or I, that was me I was the one trying to claim that that King Koopa was just a name like a title and Bowser was his real name and the other person <laughs> was saying that Koopa was his real name and we were like loudly arguing this for like 10 minutes back and forth and the popular kids like stopped what they were doing and looked at us and like are you guys you guys are the cool kids at school aren't you You're, you guys are so cool and I just stopped and like all of it just sort of sunk in I think that's informed the way I, I tend to, to deal with what is now my job uh, 
in many respects. I don't even know why I said that. That was just really, really pathetic. But I felt like I needed to explain myself. Um, and I would gladly admit to, to watching porn, if only because it sounds really manly. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm the guy who um, very loudly declared in my cab office, oh, hey, there's a coupon in here for a free vibrator. Fill in that out. And I, um, <laughs> and I, and I filled it in, and it, the vibrator's been on my desk for weeks. It's fallen, <laughs> it's fallen on the floor now. I don't know exactly where it's gone. I haven't used it yet. Um, <laughs> it's like a five-second rule with those things. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And it, uh, a vibrating cock ring came with it as well. Um, <laughs> and all I'll say about that is they actually really work. Sweet. <laughs> Chronicles oh, of remake is still yeah. in development, according to Starbreeze. And I wanted to use this as, like I don't really care about Chronicles of Riddick, it was great, but whatever. I wanted to use this as a jumping off point to ask you guys, uh, in general, how do you guys feel about game remakes? Are, which games or additional content are so good that they warrant yet another purchase and then all the hours and hours and hours of production time that the company puts into it? Do you guys like ever really care about remakes? I, I think you do, Lindy, if, if your, your Final Fantasy rebuys are any indication, right? Uh, it it depends. We we talked about this like when I brought up the Final Fantasy revise, wasn't it? Like uh, there was some reader question that was more or less was about that? this. But God damn it, fuck it then. Oh no 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 no. It's still worth bringing up. Um, just because there are a lot, there's a whole lot of remake, you know, shenanigans going on these days. And um, I, I I'll I'll restate what I what I think I may have said, uh, but maybe didn't say eloquently because I was angry. Um, <laughs> but I think that um. In some cases, I can deal with a remake if they offer like the most, like the the most definitive version of the game. At that point, it's it's when they half-ass something and say like, "Look what we've done! We've ported this and added a monster bestiary or some bullshit," and you know, and then like a couple years later, they say, "Well, now that there's a new system, what we've decided to do is add this," and you know, we couldn't do it with the old hardware, so we've added this, this, and this. Um, and I, I think one of the things that I brought up, I, I wrote an article for. Um, uh, uh, what? Our producer... Yeah, okay. Shut up, Adam. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, one of the things that I brought up in, in, uh, in an article that I wrote for Destructoid way back when was um, was how Super Street Fighter 2 HD Remix pisses me off because like the best version of Street Fighter 2 that I've seen released yet is the Anniversary Collection Edition, which allowed you to pit, up, uh, pit um, uh, different... like versions of the characters from varying Street Fighter 2 editions like Turbo and Champion Edition and Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo against one another. Um, and that functionality isn't in HD Remix. And it should be because that was really cool and that's just one more thing that you can have. And I, you know, so in my mind it's like they haven't, you know, they've updated a lot but that's still not what it could be. There's other stuff that they could be adding and god damn it. So, I don't know. It depends on the remake and, and how much actual work they put into it. Jim, what about you? Um, I don't know. It depends. It's I'm uh, uh, I have so many thoughts on it, but at the same time, I have none at all. So my brain has kind of become this weird, mushy paradox. Um, it's it's conflicting. It's like on the one hand, I, there should be there's nothing wrong with remaking things, but on the other, it's like it's like this Riddick thing. It's was an Xbox game, wasn't it? Yeah. And it just seems, you know, remaking something a generation later is a bit... 
you know, especially when the jump from the Xbox to the Xbox 360 wasn't that huge. You know, you can understand something like um, Metal Gear Solid and Twin Snakes, where obviously there were some huge improvements to be made. Um, but it just, I don't know, I've got nothing wrong with it, but then I've never been into Riddick, so, you know, I've got no nothing morally against them doing it. Um, but it's strange, it's like, I think if it's a... Funnily enough, if it's a video game series that I know and love, I'm probably going to be less inclined towards liking a remake as if it, um, than if it's something that I've never played before but might be interested in. I was actually really? thinking about this before the show. Well, I was actually thinking about this before the show. It was like... Um, I was thinking about the original Hitman game, which I'd never actually really um, played. I tried playing it once, but it was too difficult for my fat hands. And... And I thought, well, I'd like to maybe try it again, but it's the PlayStation, so, you know, it's going to look like shit because I've been so spoiled by, you know, by all the high defs. And maybe if they remade that, then that would make it okay. Um, but, as you can see, it's 10 to 5 in the morning again, and I'm talking bollocks. But yeah. well, it's a bollocks question, so go ahead. Some The things that I've said all before now. Ignore them. <laughs> Done. And I will just say that remakes can be good sometimes, and sometimes they cannot be good, the remakes. All right. <laughs> um, I feel bummed I've got to stop a... doing these. <laughs> no, <there's, laughs> you're, you're good. You're so good. I have to... Oh, God. I promise when I move to the States and get accustomed to your weird alien time, I won't be doing this. Actually, I'll probably still be doing this. But you uh, won't have an excuse anymore. No, yeah, exactly. I won't be able to just stop myself halfway through and then blame it on being tired <laughs> instead of just being fucking stupid. <laughs> I think it's the first time you've, I've ever heard you be self-deprecating in that sense. So we had a bunch of like sexism uh, discussions that we were going to bring up, but Tiff was the one who actually like brought them up to me personally and said she wanted to talk about them. So we're just going to lay out those. So oh wait a minute, so just just like a woman, she brings up a subject and then fucks off before anybody <laughs> can argue back. <laughs> well, no, she was actually sort of on on you know the male side of it. Generally. Just like a woman, <laughs> agreeing with us all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But now we'll save all those for for next week, including other reader questions. So we're we're this. I think this it goes without saying. This episode's going to be sh- way shorter than than the other ones, which is okay because if it's Thursday, then most people are going to be playing Metal Gear Solid Four anyway. But uh, our last official news topic. Um, I was wondering if you guys want to talk about the LucasArts layoffs at all, because I mean that's it's it's kind of a big deal. We're in the industry that affects the industry, and it's like a ridic- it, It's like actual power players in. Lucas Arts, not just random, you know, janitors and shit like that. And it seemed to come out of nowhere, and they retaliated with all these really angry, you know, revealing all these games that are coming out and stuff like that on Facebook and and, and shit like that. And I know one of the reader comments. I'm going to find out who as soon as you guys start answering this. But um, was asking when these people get laid off like this. Do you think it's okay for them to basically do what they did and and, and let out all these things that Lucas Art would rather rather they not say, or should they just act quote-unquote professional and keep their mouth shut. Jim? Um, right, with regards to that question, 
I'll just say it's not exactly a clever, you know, ignoring the morals, it's not a clever thing to do if you want to find new employment in the industry, is it? You know, one of the first things they tell you in a job interview is don't go bad-mouthing the company you just left because it's not exactly going to look very good. So any video games company looking to hire um, freshly laid-off LucasArts people, I would imagine they're looking very carefully at the ones that can't now be trusted. Mm-hmm. So I, ju- I think it's a, you know, not the smartest thing to do when you're unemployed is to make yourself look unemployable. But, hey, you know, what do I know? After <laughs> the uh, robot, by the way, was the person who asked the question. But sorry, go ahead. But what happened there? What happened with that? It was like I, I just go to sleep one night, wake up, and suddenly LucasArts is the world's biggest shitstorm. <laughs> what happened? I, I, I just can't comprehend it. How? Because you know, it's Lucas, uh, Lucas, George Lucas, the richest man who ever lived. <laughs> Arts. And art is quite good, so you put those <laughs> two together, and you think you've got a lasting relationship. And then suddenly everyone's being fired, and what was it, Activision or whoever it was, just sort of telling people to come here, just sort of poaching stuff, and and it's uh, like, well, what Infinity War. But that was that Infinity was them War, just having a laugh at it. But I don't know. I mean, like uh, uh, to me, it's uh, as soon as they said, uh, uh, Margaret Groney, who's the um, um, PR director at LucasArts when she was like, oh yeah, we're healthy. I was like, well, no, you're not. Because uh, I, it's not necessarily indicative of, of LucasArts, you know, you know, going on the, off the deep end or something. They've, they've, they've fired their internal staffers. I mean, a lot of people saw that. I mean, a lot of people commented on that and said like, oh my god, it's everything. It's fucking chaos. Well, no, because they didn't really have internal development staff previous to 2004 or 2003 or so. Uh, Republic Commando was LucasArts' first... Um, Anthony, back me up here. Wasn't that its first internally developed game? They they typically outsource most of their games. I mean, like if you look at LucasArts' uh, old um, uh, PC adventure games and such, those were done by other studios and just and published by LucasArts. Right. Um, it's yeah. It's not. It's not really that different from what the way it used to be. It's unsettling because um, you know I I hate to see any any you know rash of layoffs from any company because those are, you know, those are people that have fucking families and, and, uh, and need money so they can feed kids. And that sucks. But uh, yeah, like Jim said, I mean, that's really no way to behave. The fact that all this information came out of it was great for us journalists, but you know, really shouldn't have fucking happened. (laughs) You know, I, I can understand being kind of irate with a company for laying people off, but, um, but yeah, like Jim said, it's not going to make you, it's not going to make it any easier on you when you go looking for work. I did kind of like the shit they were saying, though, if only to get a little bit of honesty out of people in the games industry for once. Like when they're uh, so somebody, someone was pointing out, like a bunch of people were saying that Fracture, the the the, the terraforming deformation, the terrain deformation game that LucasArts, the original IP, like a bunch of people are saying, like this this game is fucking garbage. This game is awful. People who've worked on it and stuff, and I just I don't know. It gets me a little bit hard to, to actually hear honesty from people inside the industry every once in a while. Like yeah. that. That's well, true. is that is that honesty though? You know, they've just been laid. They've just been laid off, and they're angry. They're not going to say this is the best game I've ever played. Well, I don't know. I, I would be more likely to be angry because something I really liked, I'm not able to work yeah, on. Yeah, but anymore. let's let's face it. You know, when women dump their boyfriends, their cock suddenly loses several inches. You know, in review. 
That's it's, fair. You know, it's. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. That's cool. You know, well, I, just, I, I, cool. I You know, they're already angry and trying to piss Lucas out off. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's I just cool. Think, I just. I, I just think, didn't think what they did was quite on. I mean, as you, as um, Aaron said, it was good for us, good for us a lot. But it's not neither. It's not good for Lucasarts. Neither was it good for the people who did it. Because as I said, it's just gonna. I would imagine it's up. You know, impacted their future employment prospects. Right on. Um, we'll go ahead and go into reader questions right now. And we'll start with one from Nihon Tiger, who I don't know if you guys read um, Dyson's article uh, on system sellers and the death of system sellers, but he he asks, um, Dyson brought this up earlier, but I want to know your opinion on the idea of system selling titles in today's gaming marketplace. Do they still exist or are they a thing of the past? If so, which games are examples and why? If not, so then why not? Uh, Aaron? What is it? System sellers? Huh? System what? sellers. Did you, did you buy a PS3... For Metal Gear Solid Four, pretty much, yeah. I like to think of my uh, I like to think of my PS3 as my four hundred dollar PS2 that plays Blu-ray and Metal Gear Solid Four, um, <laughs> because that's pretty much all. You know, okay. You know how many fucking games I've bought for my PS3 since I got it? Two, Uncharted and Ratchet and Clank, and I hated Uncharted. Damn it. Um, but uh, that's that's been pretty much it. Otherwise, you know, I own like one hundred and fifteen PS2 games. I've been playing the shit out of like. You know, Persona Three and 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 God Hand and all sorts of stuff. I mean, like, it's so yeah. I mean, it's going to be tomorrow. I will purchase the first new game for my PS3 that I have purchased since you know I bought the system three or four months ago. Um, but I don't know. I think I think that that the traditional like uh, big system sellers. I mean, genres have become so skewed and so directed towards particular audiences that, I mean, back in the day, you know, a, a new Mario title could you know, uh, just pretty much appeal to everyone. But now that there are these, you know, more, uh, I don't want to say carefully directed efforts, um, you know, some people aren't really going to, you know, lots of Xbox 360s were sold when Halo 3 came out. But there are lots of people who don't like Halo 3. So, I mean, for me, what sold uh, the Xbox 360 for me was Dead Rising. Um, it, It wasn't until Dead Rising came out that I bought one. Um, And had they fucking packed one in, you know, with a, with a uh, Dead Rising lunchbox or something, I, I I would have bought a bundle, but you know that was just what sold the system for me. Um, I don't know though. I, I I don't necessarily think that. I think that um, a lot of with a lot of launch lineups being what they are, especially nowadays, we sort of. I mean, we buy games for system sellers that are one to two years away from release. You know, a lot of time, and uh, and you know often we you know we we end up factoring in potential. Um, when we sort out, you know, what systems we want to purchase, it it's it, it seems very different from what it used to be. When you, you know, like when systems would launch alongside its killer app. I mean, like the last time that something like that really happened was, um, well, I guess you could say that we had it because Wii Sports was the gateway for a lot of new gamers. But in terms of um, you know what we would con- you know prefer uh, consider like uh, you know next gen or hardcore consoles. Um, uh, they didn't really have any, you know. Neither one of them really had a killer app at launch, you know. So it's did, did the PS2 generate? Did that even have anything that generation? No, no, I no. Can't. The PS the PS2 launch lineup fucking sucked. I mean, it, it, it. Oh god, what did I get? It was like it was like three really shitty RPGs: Fantavision, Armored Core 2, and uh, uh, Kessen, and um, 
Oh god, it, it just it was it was crap. Kesson I mean, did real... not fucking suck. Kesson was pretty bad. Kesson was fucking decent. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like the, the most best. emphatic so-so opinion I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, but that's like the best thing that you can say about it. But the PS2 launch was horrible. In fact, now that I think about it, you know what the game I played on my PS2 the most after I got my PS2 that what was it October 2001 or so was fucking Final Fantasy IX, which came out a month later. Like that, I, you know, it's the same shit. That's what I've been doing with my PS3 is playing PS2 and PS1 titles. Um, but yeah, I, I, that that launch lineup really sucked. I mean, it always takes consoles about a solid year or so before the really good titles get rolling. Jim, what do you think? I mean, how do, can you? I, I, I guess if you if you didn't buy your PS3, then that answers the question. But like, if if you could have somehow gotten around the fact that you're not going to have your PS3 when you go to America or whatever, like, would MGS4 have been a system seller for you? I like the Kesson games. <laughs> Sorry? Oh, yeah. Um, MGS4 is a system seller to me. Um, the age of the universal system seller is pretty much dead in the water. Um, the consoles now aren't sold on... They're not even sold on games. The Wii is sold on what it does with its controls. The PS3 is sold on Blu-ray. Um, the closest is the 360, but even then, I mean, it's sold on generic things like shooters or things that the young male demographic will enjoy just very loose definitions of things um consoles these are sold more on their style and well the lifestyle that each one promotes more than any particular game um so i pretty much agree with with everything aaron said um i think system sellers only exist on a personal basis now so, for instance, Metal Gear Solid 4 is a system seller to me. Had I and were, were I not in the particular position that I'm in right now, I would be buying one as soon as my check clears. I would be down there buying one, um, and I would be buying it for MGS4. So, it is a system seller to me, even though I'm not buying a system. Um, but outside of that. I mean, I've never, I've never bought another console on the strength of a particular game, um, but I don't think you know the system selling thing has happened since since the 16-bit era, probably. That's interesting that you said um, this generation of of game systems is more about. Uh, I can't remember the words you used because I'm retarded, but it was something something along the lines of, of lifestyle. The, uh, lifestyle. Thank you very very much. Um, do you think that's sort of contributing to greater division, more angry fanboyism than if we were in the, you know, N64, Super Mario 64 sells that, and, you know, the, the SNES and all that stuff, that sort of system seller era? Do you think that's... Possibly. Because the lifestyles that each um, console promotes is the lifestyle of a douche. <laughs> so I think, I think that's why we're seeing more, you know more arch douches happening on the internet um, because the 360 you know obviously targets the the 20 to 30 year old male demographic they're fucks the <laughs> Wii um, is obviously for like fun loving family um, p- 
people and families are idiots. You see, you get them on public transport always shouting and yip, yip, yipping. And the PS3 is for, you know, your trendy um, uh, film rich. buff. Yeah, trendy, rich film buff. Um, probably into a lot of uh, like Japanese things. Um, you know, a complete <laughs> cock, essentially. So, you know, they're your three demographics. Um, before, you know, back in the old days when the SNES and the Genesis were targeting, you know, mostly just the children, you know, they could have their own little wars in the playgrounds and proper adults wouldn't have to fucking deal with it. So, <laughs> but now, now as gaming sort of grown up and we've grown up with gaming, you know, it's, we're, we're stuck with it. God, I wish I didn't like games. <laughs> Aaron? Uh, yeah, you kind of nailed it on the head. I mean, I, I, I suppose that I, I I seem to remember back in the day that um, yeah, system sellers. I mean, like the, the the conversation was very different back then. I mean, it was basically like, well, okay, if you have an SNES and not a Genesis, well, you're a homo because. And I, this is again using uh, this is the the uh, schoolyard dialect um, uh, because you know, let's face facts. You know, the Genesis does what Nintendo don't. You retard. So you know, go buy one or or get out of my fucking clubhouse. You piece of shit, etc. You know, I mean, obviously the the, uh, the intelligence of, the, of the, the discussion really hasn't changed all that much since then, but um, I don't know. I, I know we've talked about this before, but I'll, I'll never understand the ways in which people um, uh, you know, take so personally what other people say about the consumer electronics that they've purchased oh, and okay. that, 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 that people measure themselves by the things that they own and, uh, and define themselves by the things that they own. I, I, you know, nowadays it's like I, I just when someone asks me like my my dad asked me uh, what system he should get for my half brother because you know he was going to get an extra system and and he's sixteen and I was just like dude you know just it, it's like I couldn't I, I it was hard for me to pin down any one game and say well this this one has this one I mean they all have their own you know but they they all have their their own ups and downs but it was just like i just said well xbox 360 because it's got the most you know it's there's more shit there that i could recommend than anywhere else but i think i don't know i think things have really changed since uh the the snes and genesis days in that you know back then it was simpler i mean most of the decent games were you know multi platform and the ones that weren't were strong enough on their own to, to you know, I could, I would agree with anybody that if they just said I like Sonic more than Mario, I'd be like, well, there you go, you know, it's a good game. I personally, you know, like Super Mario World two a lot, so I have my SNES. I'm happy with it, but you know, I don't get it. It's fucked up. <laughs> some, something bizarre has happened, and I think a yeah, lot of it is it's, a lot of it is the internet as well, where obviously that gives people more of a platform and more of an opportunity to be a complete wanker. Um, but I've just been... Every time I think I've seen it all, I get stunned by new... Just new... There's no other word for it. Depravities. It is intellectual depravity that's happening. It's like the fall of the Roman Empire in intellectual form. I don't know if any of you, because I, I did one of my Ten Golden Rules, and it was on Metal Gear Solid, which, as every good schoolboy knows, is one of my favourite game series of all time, if not the favourite game series of all time. And, of course, the Ten Golden Rules pokes light-hearted fun 
at the foibles of modern games. And I was instantly called an MGS hater. And I'm, I was stunned. I could not pick my jaw off the floor. I had all these MGS fans who I thought would laugh along with me. I was honestly that naive. I thought they would laugh along with me and say, yeah, he's right, it is a silly series, but we love it. No. I've been called a twit. I've been called someone who's never played the games. I've been called Uh someone who's bashing MGS4, even though the article isn't about MGS4. The second paragraph of this article said that MGS was one of my favourite series. And I had people saying, why do you play it so much if you hate it? I'm like, what the fuck? I there's, guess now there's, you know, a there's a gravitas attached to that kind of shit that I don't know where the fuck it came from, but it's like life or death sometimes. It's how dare you say what? You know, it's it's like I just you know look took one look at a guy and just said, dude, you know that your mom has like this massive mole on her face, and I'm gonna punch her and kill her to death. The end. And you know, and they react in kind. I don't fucking get it. You know, like I'm. I know it's it's like the, the thought of someone having preferences went out the window like four years ago and just never came back. Yeah, and I don't I don't understand it. It's like I can I can take pot shots at things that I love, and I can, you know, the amount of stuff I hear people saying about Dynasty Warriors, the amount of jokes, and they're funny because half of them, are, well, most of them are true, you know, and well, I can you know understand and accept that. Yeah, I mean, and there are plenty of things wrong with Metal Gear Solid. I mean, there are plenty of things to yeah. make fun of. You know, that doesn't mean that you and I can't enjoy it while also acknowledge. I mean, like, it's it's it is possible to enjoy a game, and while acknowledging its faults. You know, like you can it do should that be a with any prerequisite. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you take games seriously, you should be able to look at your favorite game and say, "Well, you know what? Here's something that's wrong with it." And also, and be able to distance yourself enough from it to say, well, despite that, I do still very much like the game. I mean, some of my fucking favorite games are horrible. God Hand has one of the, God Hand is like one of my favorite games of all time, and it has one of the worst cameras, you know, I, I've ever seen in a game. Oh, it's not, actually, it's not that terrible, but that's a whole other conversation. But I mean, it's just, there are a lot of that, the things about that game that aren't great, um, that are in fact bad. But it's still one of my favorite games of all time, and I'll recommend it to anybody because the things that I like about the game, I think, you know, push it beyond its limitations. It's okay to admit that, it, like, you're not you're not saying that your little sister has herpes. You're not saying anything like that. You're just saying that this game has faults, but is still fun. There's nothing wrong with that. It's I like think talking it's to fucking so insecure. It's 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 the insecurity I don't get. It's like if. If you can't laugh at something that you love, then there is just something really not secure about you. There's something wrong in your head. You're a bit touched, like Rain Man, and you need to get it sorted out. However, if you say anything bad about Kesson, you're evil. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's worrying that, like, if, if people are incapable of spotting, acknowledging, and sort of, you know, dealing with the flaws of the games they like then it makes them so much more likely to not recognize shit when they see it. I mean, it, it just lowers your standard as to what a good game should be. And I know pretty much every single week, uh, Aaron, we and I talk, you and I talk about how much we can't stand Assassin's Creed. But I mean, I honestly think that's a byproduct of... I mean, I wish you had been on when one of the readers had the best question ever about Assassin's Creed. I'll restate it to you after the show's over. But like, I, it, 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 with games... You know, if we're in a mindset where you have to like close your eyes and ears and pretend that games, all games, don't have bad parts, that even the great ones are flawed in some way, then you're just willing to accept so much shit from 
a, a subpar or average game without accepting that it is shit, that it just it completely skews not only your own views as to what games should be and your own ability to enjoy them, but it ma- means it's okay for companies to make shitty games using unimaginative ideas because people aren't going to fucking call them out on it because to do so would be to call out their own favorite games. Well, I see, but that's the thing. I don't see, I don't understand what's wrong with having a favorite game that you acknowledge is flawed. Like, what's, you know, your favorite game doesn't have to be perfect. It's not a reflection of you as a person. Um, you know, like, okay, remember, remember all that nonsense, like the haha funny, oh, Lindy hates Ocarina of Time thing? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I know some people took that more seriously than they let on. I mean, I, I, I you know, no one obviously. I did. Know, <laughs> I, well, of course you did. But, like, but, you know, no one wrote in the comments, like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill you, Lindy, you bastard. You know, but I know some people were thinking it. Or, like, how dare he say that about, you know, my favorite Zelda or something. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I don't get it. It's the ways in which people um, rate games in their heads. And like you said, Anthony, it's, uh, y- you know, it, it's, we deserve better than a lot of the shit that we've been getting. You know, and... and uh, that, that people would go so far out of their way to defend a publisher that has profited off of their inability to, you know, uh, to recognize and, uh, you know, announce fault in a game. Like, why would you defend someone who has done nothing but profit off of you? Like, there's no reason that you should do that. You should hold them absolutely responsible for everything that, you, you know, that they do because you're paying for a service. And if the game, like Assassin's Creed, if the game fucking sucks... You know, you shouldn't. You know, don't stand up and just be like, "No, it's awesome." You know, not, don't stand up and say it's awesome because you paid sixty dollars for it. Don't try to justify your purchase. You know, justify your purchase by telling them that it fucking sucks and there's something wrong with it. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't dilute yourself. That's retarded. You it's know, you paid good. You, that, yeah, you paid good money yeah, for that game. Fucking saying. demand your money's worth. I mean, look, you just just be realistic. There's, it just. I don't know why the internet has robbed people of their sense of realism. Nothing you love is perfect. <laughs> Everything is flawed. It's, you know, whether it's, you know, a video game, a relationship, or a sausage, <laughs> everything has its imperfections, and a realist needs to just not deny it, because otherwise they will live in this bizarre fantasy realm. I've got a perfect... Um, uh, microcosm of it is this one guy and he's unbelievably obsessed with Sony so of course he hates me because I'm not prepared to say that Sony is 100% magnificent um, and it was talking about Metal Gear Solid 4 and he's convinced he is convinced that I'm going to hate it because it's um, on the PS3 even though MGS is my favourite series of all time and I've said multiple times I'm really excited for the game but he has consistently told me that I hate it. He's, he's literally told me that I hate the Metal Gear Solid series. <laughs> he knows me better than I do. And what he said is because um, I was planning to review it, but obviously it's going to be a bit too late for me to manage it now. Um, but I mentioned that I would like to review it, and I was making plans to try and get a review of MGS done myself. And he said to um, he said to me, well, I'm absolutely certain um, that if you do manage to get a review of it, um, despite the fact you don't have a PS3, it's not going to stop you from writing a bad review about the PS3. I was like, what? Wait, wait, what? When did Metal Gear Solid 4 become the PS3? <laughs> huh. 
I always knew you fucking retards had this kind of weird identity crisis where everything became about your chosen piece of plastic. But thanks for proving it for me. I've never had evidence before. And now I can have that. I can copy and paste that whenever I want. That is evidence that it will stand <laughs> up in a court of law if it has to. Then that, that is the way they think. Weird, twisted identity freaks you're freaks <laughs> you actually are no it's not even funny i i'm not doing this for shits and giggles you are actual freaks like <laughs> fucking siamese twin dog boys that's what you are in society you are twisted you are twisted husks there's nothing there's nothing good inside you <laughs> you will die alone <laughs> uh, and that is honestly how I feel as well. Like, what? That's not put on. That is how I feel. I don't think I anybody was disgusted. under the impression that you were holding back. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, 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 I'm literally disgusted. <laughs> um, I won't use my name. Asks, uh, what is the great? Have you? Uh, well, he okay. He asks, what is the greatest postmodern video game? Uh. My question is, have you guys played any postmodern video games? Oh, shit. I wish I had time to think about it. Uh, I know a lot of people say Earthbound's postmodern, but I, don't, I haven't played Earthbound, so I wouldn't know. Actually, you know what is, kind of? What? Roughly? Um, the WarioWare series. Ooh. That game, that game is, is slightly postmodern in, that, in the way it, it reclaims and reappropriates media from other Nintendo games. Um, and and uses them in unconventional ways. I mean, it's it's kind of pastiche in a way, really. Um, but but in that sense, it doesn't try to reconstruct a narrative from it. So um, not really. It's just fucking wacky. I don't know though. Well, I how mean, all, how, all I think of when I when I, th- when I think postmodern, all I think is weird for the sake of being weird. So I mean, narrative. Well, yeah, there's that. I mean, I, I'm I'm going on the definition of postmodernism as drilled into my head by my stupid liberal arts college. Um, <laughs> Which, which is basically all of my fellow students sitting around me talking about how deep every fucking thing is and wanting to kill myself. Um, I, Earthbound's not really postmodern, though. It's just wacky. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, plenty of things were wacky before postmodernism came into being. I mean, I mean, fuck, Benny Hill preceded postmodernism by, like, you know, 40 or 50 years. So, you know, I don't know. I know a lot of people try to excuse um, MGS2's ridiculous fucking story by going, no, 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 it's postmodern. And like as if that's the magic word that solves every narrative and gameplay flaw that game has. You just go, oh no, it's postmodern. Oh right, okay. So everything's intentional. Okay, cool. Wait, awesome. has has anyone ever explained how it's postmodern? Because I don't see it. The, um, like if it's postmodern a- because it breaks down the fourth wall or something, or draws attention to the relationship between the narrative and the the person experiencing it. I don't want to say reader, obviously, but the player or what have you. Like I, I can kind of see that, but sort it's of. barely it's like, postmodern. It's barely postmodern if that's the case. Like, well, oh, it's okay, like, big deal. It makes mention once or twice of turning off the console because you've been playing too long, but it's not a postmodern narrative as a, on the whole, you know. Well, um, Arrested Developer a long time ago linked me to a an essay called "Driving Off the Map" that I, I linked Jim to a little while ago, and it basically oh, yeah, the case. yeah. Read that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my I have. God, do you I remember mean, what I said the... about that article? Yeah, I. Said, I, re- I I said it was something like, I, if they use the word superego at any point during this, I'm going to stop reading. <laughs> and then I paused and, then you and said, they use it exactly once. Yeah. 
that's how you can tell that an article is written by a pretentious dick is if they use the word superego in there because they always do it. It's a require. They could be talking about mashed potatoes and they'll find a way to fit the word superego in there. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't think postmodernism has yet really been uh, embraced by any particular. Although no, uh, in the games that I've played, I haven't well, really you know seen it, it. You know, you know, it's definitely postmodern. Space What's that? Oh yeah, you know it, because fuck, I can't even. I'm not even gonna try. Fuck, I, what's his face? Jeff Minter. Jeff Minter. But I mean, yeah. it, do, it it yelled <sighs> space giraffe. Sorry, Adam. Space giraffe is what I meant to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it yells memes at you. It's completely incomprehensible. It's, it's not fun at all. It's, it's not fun. Uh, <laughs> I bet Jeff Minter has used the term super ego before. I bet that's the name of one of the levels that I have not got to because I can't understand what's going on. Um, next question from Tubatic. Uh, he, he says, hey, it's Capcom's 25th anniversary. Should we look at them favorably for their longevity or disdainfully for paving their existence with cash-in auxiliary titles for their biggest franchises? Yeah, let's count Devil May Cry in there, too. That whole thing was just awkward. Now, they go back pretty retro, so... I mean, what, what what do you think, Aaron? I uh, I I don't think their sins are any greater than, say, Square Enix. But then again, Square Enix's sins are pretty great. Um, I don't know. You got to pay the bills somehow. It, they're lucky they had Metal Gear or Metal Gear, Jesus, uh, Mega Man. Metal Gear. Uh, <laughs> there's there's your fucking conspiracy right there. Oh no, it's Capcom. You know, the, the <laughs> that's that's the Capcom. ending of MGS4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Patriots Mega are Man actually, comes in and saves you. Mega Man and and Bionic Commando. Um, uh, I don't know. I you know you got to pay the bills somehow. Everyone has their own way of doing it. Capcom just really, really likes to pimp out Mega Man. Uh, I just, I just, I just ignore it. You know, it's not like they're, it's not like they're ruining the series that I care about, which are you know the main, or at least what used to be the main Mega Man series X and and the original. They just don't touch them anymore. Same with uh, Legends on the PlayStation. Um, so I don't know. I, I like them. They're good. You know, they did dissolve uh, Clover, which was kind of mean, but, but I don't know. I, I I stopped being passionate about that kind of shit a long time ago. I just ignore everything that doesn't appeal to me and, and focus on what little good I can squeeze out of those fucking rocks. You dick. Yeah. <laughs> You've achieved, like, a new plane of existence, you asshole. Have I? Yeah, I'm... I'm- but I assume most of the people who go to Destructoid are not capable of that because we're always angry about things. I mean, that, oh. where did the, where did that conversation come from? You know, about hating fanboys. That's all that is. Oh yeah. Well, no. I mean, I, I I still. Oh no, no. I still hate. Oh, believe me, my my being is still sixty percent vitriol. You know, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's you know, it's just a matter of picking my battles. I get angry about things that you know. No, I just I, actually, it's not even picking my battles. I just. I've kind of lost my patience for it. So I just, you know, when it comes to... I, I just don't want to be mad at Capcom. I, I, I like kind of a couple of things that Capcom, if that makes any sense, has been doing. Um, buying a Commando, the remake, looks fun. So they win a pass today. But only today. Jim, what are your thoughts? Um, personally, Capcom is pretty much the only third-party developer in the business right now that I trust to at least 
at least ape a sense of consistency in terms of quality. That's I, true. I think of all the others. I think I think of Ubisoft, which used to. I think of Ubisoft back in like two thousand and three, and that company was on fire, and now it's well. The, but I just think of all these third parties recently, which just seem to be losing the plot, especially in the wake of you know this casual myth where they're all ditching everything they used to be really good at to try and attempt something they haven't got the first clue in. And I look at Capcom, what Capcom is doing, and they're just sticking mostly with what they know. And I think, you know, with regards to the question, shall we praise them for what they're doing or attack them for what they're doing, I think when you're as consistently good as Capcom has been recently, you have more of a right than any other company to do the churning cash cow shit. I think Capcom has at least earned the right to do it a bit. I don't agree with a lot of it. I think, you know, they've released Resident Evil so many times it's become a complete farce. But, you know, at least they've done so many other new things as well to deserve it. And you can compare that to, like, Square Enix, which, you know, no disrespect to Square Enix. I like oops, a lot of the stuff they've done, but, you know when they should be working on shit that people want to play, and they're just churning out Final Fantasy 1, Final Fantasy 2, Final Fantasy 1, Final Fantasy 2, over and over again, it's, you know. I think Capcom has more of a right to do that with Mega Man and Resident Evil than Squeenix has to do with, you know. I, I, well, not right, because obviously the companies have a right to do it as it, you know, whatever they wish. But I think Capcom, get it gets a free pass from me. Because while they're doing re-releases and cash-ins, they're at least doing Resident Evil 5 and Bionic Commando and Street Fighter 4, all of which look bloody decent. So, and yeah. you know, they did, they're the only third-party developer that's actually made a great Wii game. But if, you know, your, you, your guys' opinions of Zack and Wiki is anything to go by. So, yeah, you know... Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's that's I think kind of what numbs it for me is that I can deal with any number of Mega Man. What are they on with Mega Man now? They've done like it's Star Force or some shit. They they had that there was the the, the Battle Network Poppycock or what? There's there's like seven or eight Mega Man franchises now, and yeah, after a certain point, I tune them out. But but their their flagship franchises are doing great, and and they still turn uh, they still turn out some really decent original content. I mean, uh, again, to bring it up again, Dead Rising is one of my favorite games in the last decade. Um, I adore that game. And, uh, and you know, Zack and Wiki was, was, a, was a fucking phenomenal surprise. Um, and Resident Evil looks fantastic. So it's, it's kind of hard to be upset at them for doing kind of what we would expect any healthy publisher to do, which is to leverage their most well-known and most successful products. Um, it, the difference between Capcom and most others is that they aren't only doing that. I mean, they, they certainly are, but while they're doing that, they're also, you know, they're exploring new directions. They're doing new things, and that's, that's uh, you know, given what the current standards are, that's above and beyond the Call of Duty. Cool. Ha-ha, uh, Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, very last question from Dan Mazkin. Um, he asked one question. I'm going to sort of ask you another 
Uh, he asks, I'd like to ask you guys about your thoughts on music and video games. I can think of a few shining examples of how music should be done in games, Portal, Half-Life 2, Bioshock, but it seems that most other games really just regard the music as a last-minute element added to the background. Films use their story, imagery, and their music in equal parts to bring the viewer deeper into the experience, but you rarely see games take advantage of music's power to enhance players' emotional involvement in the game. Do you think that games will actually start to take music seriously, or will we be stuck with the same background filler that's there just because it is? Just there because it has to be. And my additional question would be, do you agree with him that most games don't? And with, I guess with MGS4 coming out, this is kind of a prescient thing because they cut out part of Snake's theme, and you know, I was really bummed out about it, and I'm going to assume that other people were as well. But I mean, Aaron, what do you think? Oh God! I give me a minute, Jim. Go ahead. I need to think. Okay. Um, I've always been a big fan of video game music, um, and I think because a lot of the games that got me into video gaming always had excellent soundtracks. You know, I the games that I always remembered growing up were Sonic the Hedgehog Two, which still has one of the best soundtracks ever as far as I'm concerned. Final Fantasy VII, and of course, I don't need to speak about Nobuo Uematsu at all, um, ever. Uh, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid, which of course had a brilliant ambient soundtrack, and there was a great hook in the alert phase music, which always stuck with me. Um, and so those were the, the games that really got me into uh, gaming. And so when I stopped playing other games... I always expect the same kind of great soundtrack. And I never get it. I never get it. There's no melody. That's the, There's no melodies in most video game soundtracks these days. There's no tune. You get some great sweeping scores, some lovely ambient stuff, but there's no real music in a lot of these games. And so I, I do agree that it's a shame. And, and I don't think a lot of it is going to change because I think at least for the foreseeable future, um, big orchestral sweeping scores are in, as is sort of churning rock guitars, neither of which really lend themselves well to memorable tunes. There's no memorable music. That's what gets me. The last game I can think of with a memorable tune was Bioshock's main theme, which sticks with me a lot, just because it's got a very haunting um, tune. But... I think that's the problem with video game music is nearly most video games have no melodies in them. And um, Adam uh, just uh, posted Silent Hill. Um, and of course, I, I was going to mention that when I mentioned the games that I also kind of really got into. Um, big, big kudos to uh, Akira... Uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Akira Yamioko um, for his brilliant Silent Hill music and uh, the music in Silent Hill 2 especially. Um, but outside of these few rare pockets, there's no tunes. That's that's what sort of bums me out. I, I needed a second to gather my thoughts, if only because um, I wanted to find a way to say this coherently. So let me let me see if I can pull this off. I, I believe the reason that music has sort of been downplayed is because, um, if anything, just because. I mean, obviously, everyone can remember um, everyone who played a lot of games in the NES and SNES uh, eras. Um, you can you can call to mind a lot of really memorable tunes. One of my favorites, um, well, you know, like Hip Tanaka and all those guys, and and um, and uh, oh god, uh, Super Mario Brothers composer. Fuck, what the hell? I'm gonna lose my in, my fucking gaming cred for this, but shit. Someone? Anyone? I have fucking no idea. 
Koji Kondo. Koji Kondo. Booyah. Okay. My, I, I, don't have to turn, I, I don't have to turn in my gun and badge today. Good. Um, but, like, uh, if you remember, like, okay, one of my favorite tracks was um, was the uh, Sky Palace theme from Kid Icarus when you're actually on the last level, you know, and it's almost like a shoot 'em up. Um, I, I play that in the car when I'm on long car trips, for fuck's sake. And it's it's a very, very simple song. And uh, the NES sound chip was like. Uh, was like eight sound channels and uh, and it, it was all really basic and they were square waves and and practically nothing but it was like the limitations of the platform that that got developers to make such memorable music because when you don't have you know real audio or mp3 or what have you at your disposal you're forced to um you know come up with something that is at at best you know pleasing to the ear and at worst you know just something that won't that isn't silence but isn't also grating you know uh, so like you know, uh, so a lot of games like if you look at like Mega Man Two, Bubble Man, Bubble Man, the Bubble Man theme is like the fucking that's the that's it that's the ultimate for me that's as, that's as good as it gets. Um, but uh, with a lot of the games from that era, uh, I think that the difference being is that just nowadays it's just that's cool. Go ahead. Um, um but I, I don't know I. It, it, well, see, here's the thing, Anthony. You can just find a way to cut this in. I'm just going to try to finish my last thought. Um, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, but I guess the reason that if if I had to if I had to say anything, I, I would just say that you know, developers aren't forced to you know work around limitations anymore. It's a lot easier just to just to hire some guy. Just to you know, if if you're distracted with with everything else, it's like music doesn't really p- uh, play that much of a. I mean, Lost Odyssey had good music. You know, No More Heroes had good music. There's some. The Metal Gear Solid Four soundtrack is great. Um, I've been listening to it for like the last week now, and it's it's pretty good. Um, I, I don't know. I think that anymore is just sort of like you know, music is it's it, it just has to be not bad, you know. Whereas back in the day, it had to be it had to actually be appealing because it was so limited. So you actually had to do something special with it. I think the the issue for me is sort of a mixture of what Jim was saying, where you know, game game backgrounds tend to not have a melody, and they tend to just be um, just background music played over, so that you don't really it's not obtrusive and it doesn't contradict what's going like Advent Rising had an incredible score, but it was heroic at like all the wrong times when you're just like walking around looking for something to do. It's like, oh, 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 oh. and it's like, I don't, I don't care. What are you doing that now for? It's like, you came too early. Um, I think like games like Metal Gear Solid do it well, but that's because they have control over, you know, what is going on screen, having it on screen while music is playing. Cause most of the shit's cut scenes. Like the thing yeah. I would like to see games do more often is, change the music change everything about the music based on what the player's doing because that's what makes you know music work really well in films or something you know when indiana jones gets up after having the shit knocked out of him and then all of a sudden short round gets rid of the voodoo doll then you hear his theme and it's like oh shit and it's all heroic and you know it's this orgasm of music and stuff that makes that moments like that awesome you don't really get in a lot of video like even i i mean and anybody knows I love Half Life Two to death, but the the music does absolutely nothing for me because it's basically just it's just background. It's like techno, it's beats and it's things that sound kind of interesting, but it's nothing I would listen to on my own in any respect. And I would love to see, you know, I mean, games don't even have themes for the most part. They don't have you know really great music scores have themes that they can return to that that weave in and out throughout the narrative and and tie everything together. And games don't don't have that. They just have something to keep you entertained and make things not seem awkward when you're doing shit. And I, I really would like to see some sort of system or some sort of engine that dynamically, you know, changes whatever songs are on the soundtrack around based on what you're doing. So you feel heroic when you do something really, really badass and the music sort of supports you in what you're doing. And I don't, I don't get a lot, any of that. If, at, you know, if I, maybe a little, I don't know, mm-hmm. but yeah. 
I, I imagine that if developers could ever get around to uh, figuring out how to do like uh, procedurally generated music or something like that, or procedurally uh, not generated, I'm sorry, but um, uh, influence music or something that went on certain cues based on events, I'm sure things will change a lot. Um, right. But yeah, it's at this point, I I don't know. I think that. Uh, it it might just be that you know it's it's like you said that you know you bring up movies right everything else about games has become so cinematic but that's the one thing that really remains out of reach is is uh, a score that matches what's going on on the screen you know and that's something that you know maybe we've never really noticed before because if you look at a game like Cave Story which has similarly you know basic melodies and themes and that kind of thing they just loop um, those songs were really memorable but they were also extremely basic and and weren't really tied to any particular event except what was going on, you know, if it was like just a, a brief, you know, cutscene with dialogue and such, you know, it would play something or, you know, it was, it was like, a, it, it was just like, you know, any, you know, NES RPG or adventure game or, or an SNES RPG or an adventure game. Um, but nowadays, you know, the, the, the bar has been raised on almost every other level, but the technology just hasn't caught up to, you know, provide uh, cinematic style um, music cues. I mean, maybe that's why it seems like it's, been caught so much behind everything else. I think what's interesting is that the, the games that are getting the music down really well are the games that are like the, the as as far removed from cinematic stuff as possible, like the Synesthesia games. Like if you play, you know, the indie game Synesthete or you play Everyday Shooter. Um, oh yeah, Everyday Shooter. All the music is dynamic, and it makes it so that you know when you get a really big chain, there's this cacophony of of guitar so- sounds that sound like fucking awesome because of something you really just did, and it's not you know it's not cinematic in any sense, but it's like one of the best examples I've seen of integration of music with gameplay, and same with, you know, Synesthete is the, the harder the game gets, the louder the game gets, the, the better you have to be at playing it, so it feels just a lot cooler, and I would love to see that that ability to meld gameplay with music transferred into something that actually wants to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I guess that about wraps it up for this week's Podtoid. Um, thank you this, very much, This Aaron. mantastic Podtoid. This mantastic Podtoid with Naria, um, an achievement to be found, unfortunately. Maybe next week. I'll get I'll get her to yell it like twice as often next week, and then to make up for it. But um, <laughs> yeah, Tiff Chow get better. Thanks, Jim and Aaron for coming on, and as always, Adam for recording. Uh, thank you very much for listening, especially considering you know Metal Gear Solid Four is out today. So if you're actually like listening to this and not playing Metal Gear Solid Four, then what? Wow, wow, you're my favorite person. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, so this is normally the point when I would include a fun clip from like previously in the epi- or after we recorded the episode, but we stopped recording when the funny thing happened, so I'm just going to describe it to you, and you can like grimace at how awkward the whole situation is, but like imagine how funny it would have been. So we were talking about the music thing, and then Jim had left, and then Aaron and I were just talking, and Jim, or Aaron goes, um, you know, it's interesting that in in Wind Waker, if you ever played Wind Waker, whenever you locked onto somebody, uh, the music would go really, really loud. Or it wouldn't go loud, but it would go more suspenseful and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, that's cool. He goes, yeah, and if you stabbed somebody who jumped on somebody, or if you, if you took them from behind, then they would do it. And I started laughing. It took them from behind, and he paused and went, yeah, if you fuck them in the ass, when you fuck a person in the ass, the music gets louder, just to indulge me in my, in my horribly uh, immature joke. Uh, that's all.
I just didn't want to leave you hanging with nothing at the end. I would rather this horribly, horribly awkward and terrible. And now I'm just talking for no reason. Bye. I'll talk to you later. Bye.